What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Welcome back to another episode of What Got You There If you want to support the podcast please head over to iTunes and give us a 5 star review Are you looking to finish the latest thriller such as The Girl on the Train while you're at the gym or in the car Well now you can for listeners of What Got You There podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check this out. Head over to www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there to choose from over 180,000 titles to select the book you want to hear next. Have you ever wanted to know what it's like to be on the run and hunted? Well, today we get to go into the mind of someone who was. We're joined by Hilmar Skagfield. Hilmar was a winner of the hit TV show Hunted on CBS. Him and his partner, Lee Wilson, walked away with $250,000 after escaping hunters for 28 days. Hilmar, welcome to What Got You There. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Great. Well, like I mentioned uh, in the pre-show here, uh, my wife and I were huge fans of the show Hunted. So looking forward to getting some insights, some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, obviously, you guys, you and Lee were the winners. So this is going to be a fun episode. But before we dive into Hunted, how did you start your day? How do I start my day? Um, I have a slow start. Um, so I'm usually up, uh, usually around 8.30 or 9. Um and then I have a cup of coffee, um, and I usually do some type of meditation um, before I get going. Um, that being said, uh, I'm usually up till about two, two o'clock uh, working on uh, work. So last night I was up till probably about two o'clock reading uh, philosophy and writing. So uh, my day kind of stretches out. Um, I usually have a workout late in the uh, day around seven. Um, but that is how I get my day going. Awesome. A little meditation there never hurts. And a bunch of the guests in the past have mentioned that's something they use every single morning as well. So for my listeners who are not familiar with the hit TV show on CBS Hunted, you want to describe the premise and what your role was on the show? Sure. The premise of the show is um, it's, it's quite simple. Um, normal, everyday fugitives are uh, put on the run against uh, expert hunters. Um, that range from the CIA, NSA, FBI, marshals, and they're tasked with evading capture for 28 days in a zone of 100,000 square miles, which encompass basically three states in the Southeast. And um, past that, you're limited in resources uh, to about $500, but you can do anything past that. And um, you can utilize any friends, you can utilize um, any rides, strangers, any uh, basically means of transportation um, to evade capture. Um, all the while, they've given all of these expert hunters all the tricks of the trade to come after you very, very quickly. Um, and so if you can evade capture and get to an escape um, zone at the end of the 28 days, you get to win 250K. 
it was so funny because during the holidays, we were just having a family discussion about if you were on the run being hunted, what would you do? And then a week <laughs> later, we saw the show advertised. So when this came out, I was so excited to, to watch what you guys did. And I mean, there are so many great things from this show that you and your partner Lee did. Um, and before we jump into some of those things, how did you guys end up on the show? Sure. Uh, so Lee originally got an email that he thought was a trick. Um, he thought it was spam and he was very, very scared about opening this up. And so, uh, he, thank God opened it up and, uh, they were looking for contestants to be on this new show hunted and we didn't know anything about it. Um, it had premiered in the UK originally. Um, and so we, you know, we were like, okay, maybe this thing's real. I don't know. You know, we were thinking that we might be abducted. Um, so we were already training pretty early. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he, uh, he needed a partner on the run, um, and gave me a call. Uh, he called me around 11 o'clock. I remember on a, uh, Saturday, which is very non-typical for him. And, uh, he texted me and he goes, uh, he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was playing chess and, uh, on my phone, I was like, uh, I'm playing chess. What are you doing? And, you know? And, uh, I was like, what does this guy need? And he's like, hey, would you like to go on the run for 30 days from the FBI? I sat there still playing chess. And I'm like, yes. And so <laughs> then our adventure began as we discovered the, the grandeur and the awesomeness of hunted and the full experience that, you know, CBS and, and the mall shine brought. And, um, yeah, it, it got wild from there. Um, as you can imagine, I mean, every single moment from then on was, um, you know, just your, you're trying to figure out what the game is and how to game it and, uh, you know, how to, how to escape. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that's exciting. So you just seemed like you were like, yep, let's do it. No questions asked. Or did you have some concerns prior to that? No, I definitely, you know, for me, I definitely said yes with, uh, with that infamous tech. <laughs> uh, uh, because again, you know, who, you know, I don't know if he's really running for real or if this is, you know, you know, what we're up to or whatever, but you know, I'm intrigued at that point. And, um, and getting that text is something that will always kind of remain in my memory as a moment that very much changed my life. Uh, because you know, your buddy asking you to run from the FBI for 30 days, you know, it's just something that you, you I think you have to say yes to because a, he could be running from the, FBI for real and you really need to help him or to, you know, this is going to be one heck of an adventure. Um, and, uh, thankfully it was latter. Um, but yeah, I mean, once we, once we kind of understood what this thing was, which was shortly after that, you know, Hey, it's a show, this reality show. Then you just have a ton of questions, you know, um, reality is a really fantastic uh, medium as far as uh, entertainment goes, um, especially when it comes to competition shows. Um, but it also, you know, brings with itself a lot of, um, you know, different uh, styles, um, tropes, uh, you know, uh, rules, uh, you know, perspectives, lenses, um, you know, interests, all those things, uh, you know, are about to come into play. So, yeah, we really did a lot of, you know, research around, you know, reality shows just in general. Um, we also just were kind of asking the question of, you know, what kind of game is this? 
you know, is this a game that's really um, the real deal? You know, is this really going to be you letting us rock and roll? Or, you know, are we, you know, you know, are we going to have our, our, our hands tied behind our back the entire time and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, being, you know, playing this game just for, you know, the amusement kind of of other people, um, you know, but are you like, really, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to have a real fight? And that was the beauty of hunted is that, you know, they were just like, no, you guys are going to be able to do whatever you want. And we were like, okay, we're in. And, um, and that was really kind of the, the thing that allowed for me to rest easy and just go, you know, go full in once they, kind of said, you know, hey, here's kind of the parameters of the game. This is the spirit of what we're trying to create. What we're really trying to create is the full experience of what it would be like in a, you know, simulated manhunt. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, no holds bar, you know, go for it. And you're like, all right, game on. So, and I, I absolutely <laughs> love that approach because we, we were watching the show and just getting so frustrated that some of these contestants where it's just like, clearly you guys did not do your homework. But you and Lee, I mean, it was it was methodical. It was thought out. And we'll get into some of the things you guys did uh, with your taunting of the hunted. I mean, it, w- it was so fun watching some of the ideas you guys came up with. But you said so many questions going into the show. So prior to the start of the show, what precautionary measures did you guys take to help yourselves get an advantage? Yeah, sure. So one of the things that you you really have to think through, you know, once you're, you know, kind of getting into the show is first off, you know, what, what are we doing? You know, like, what is this thing? And, you know, obviously, it's a new show. And, you know, so there's not, you know, it's not like we're going on Survivor, and you've seen 20 seasons of something. So, you know, luckily, Lee and I are both entrepreneurs. So we're used to startups, right? So what we basically took was our understanding of our own entrepreneurial, you know, uh, methods and applied them to the show. So because we didn't have a ton of information about, you know, the rules and regulations, because they want to keep those things kind of, you know, hidden as much as possible from you, um, you know, so it's a really fair game once the game's going. Um, we really had to kind of think through different models of, okay, this is what the game's going to be like. This is what, uh, you know, how we would need to play it. This is, you know, um, this is how it works in real life. This is how, you know, it could be, you know, kind of televised. So you're really thinking through just, I would say, models of how the game is going to be put together. If they're really going to be, which it was, you know, this no holds barred game, Okay, so like, how then would we leverage that, you know, that maximum freedom, um, you know, within this space? And so that's kind of what I would say is that, you know, it was just a lot, there wasn't a ton of information, because again, like, they want you to really experience this for the first time, the second they say, you know, Hilmar Skagfield, you're on the run. Um, So it was really us using, I think, a lot of our entrepreneurial skills and models to really think through a lot of scenarios. And that, you know, to Lee, you know, Lee and I's, uh, you know, advantage was what really helped because we had to change our entire strategy. I mean, our entire strategy, um, you know, two days before the game started um, due to a couple of things that happened. 
So what you see on the show is really us having just prepped the hell out of it, you know, um, and just have thought through as many models as we could. And then the second that that show started, we're like, okay, we know what we're doing. We're going to go with this strategy and then we're going to change tactics as we go. And, um, and so that was just, uh, this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience because I cannot tell you how complex this game is. I mean, it is, uh, it is sociologically, um, you know, uh, logically, physically, um, just the most, I don't know, sort of profound and hard experience, um, you know, to go toe to toe with these hunters. So it was, it was amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, fascinating watching it. And you just mentioned some of the things, the mental grind, the physical grind. I mean, you guys from the NSA, FBI, every single government agency essentially hunting you down. It, it's it's yeah. unbelievable what you guys were going through. But you mentioned that moment where they tap you and they say, Hilmar Skagfield, you are on the run. So take me back to that moment. And essentially, I know you, what they gave you guys one hour um, of essentially free time prior to being on the run. So you want to just take us back to that moment and describe what's going through your head? Yeah, so um see uh since the day it started. Um so that morning we had gone to a little cafe that I love, which is right down the street at uh in Cabbage Town in Atlanta. Um and we were about to go to the zoo. And so we came back to my apartment and Lee and I were just kind of talking by ourselves. The kids were loaded up in the van and uh, you know, we were just kind of, you know, talking about how crazy, you know, this moment was about to be and, you know, what was going on. And, um, and we just kind of were, I guess, you know, again, I'm reminiscing of just like, <laughs> what is our life right now? And then suddenly we walk out, we go to get into the van to go to the zoo and suddenly, um, you know, our camera crew comes running at us and said, Lee Wilson, you're on the run. And wait, you mean to tell me they ruined your zoo day experience? They ruined the zoo day <laughs> experience. There's actually a clip of Lee in the show where he's like, he's apologizing to the kids. I was like, hey guys, I'm sorry we didn't get to go to the zoo. And I'm like, that's so tender. Um, that is not what I was thinking at that moment in time. Yeah. Um, but it's actually quite funny because what happened was I, in that moment, they, they they yelled that because they said, Lee Wilson, you're on the run versus Hilmar, you're on the run because I actually had spotted them as they like rushed us, you know, to, to start the, the whole adventure. So I just took off. So I'm, I'm, I am like literally on and I am in the apartment by the time like Lee's like, Hilmar, Hilmar. And, uh, and I'm like, I know, I know. And so, um, you know, so by the time that they, you know, the whole, the, the, the game is on, and then finally they say, you know, Hillmar Skagfield, you're on the run. I'm like, duh, Sherlock, you know, and so, <laughs> wipe off, get all this stuff going. And, you know, and it's funny because what you don't expect in that first hour is everything goes out the window. I mean, I knew, uh, Lee and I obviously left all our technology in one place for the hunters. We knew exactly what was on that technology. Um, we, we knew all the contacts that were on that technology. We had, that was one of the big things that really helped us have an advantage is we really quantified our risk from the very get go. And what I will say about, you know, that first hour is, you know, we, 
we made a call to get a kind of getaway driver, um, John Mark, who took us up to Rome. Um, so we kind of did a, 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 a pass off from Beth to this driver, and then that driver took us to Rome. Um, Beth continued down south, you know, hopefully drawing them their attention, um, you know, uh, the opposite way. Um, but one of the things that really was shocking to Lee and I, it was how tense you are in that hour. I mean, adrenaline is pumping through you and you are trying to put in passwords that you cannot put in. I mean, you are, you are typing and typing and typing your password and you know it, but you, your fingers do not work correctly. And so, I mean, it is, it is insane the amount of, you know, tension and anxiety and stress that come on you during these 28 days. Um, so much so that like, you know, we, we really were trying to wipe everything, get everything, you know, really, really clean and all that stuff. We knew that they were going to pull, be able to pull stuff off things that we, you know, we didn't even know the methodology, but it was just so shocking to just kind of mess up quite a few times in that first hour. Um, just because you're so freaked out, honestly. Um, and that was one of the things that we really had to overcome in the first three days. Um, where we really said, you know, we, we can't run scared and, um, we had to start quantifying things very quickly. So yeah, that, that first hour, I mean, I think people gave a lot of flack to, um, uh, I might've been Angela or Michelle who like grabbed her. Um, I think she had like a, uh, a hair iron or something like that, but like, you're like, you're not thinking, man. Like you're just like, you're just like, dude, I got to get out of here because people are on me. So you're just grabbing stuff, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was, and that was one of the things that I would just, I will always say, uh, you know, give grace to that, those people in that first hour, because it is crazy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at www audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm a huge fan of Audible and definitely recommend checking it out. So you you mentioned the adrenaline. I mean, does that stay like that and that kind of helter-skelter state the entire 28 days? That's what I'm fascinated about. Or does it, you mentioned it kind of peaks off and then you can kind of get into a level head or does it stay pretty stagnant the entire time? No, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, my body um, was something that I had to really pay attention to for the, the, the whole 28 days. Um, you do not sleep through the night. Um, so you are, I would wake up every, you know, few hours all, you know, throughout the entire 28 days. I even, uh, you know, after the show was done and the, the, the weekend that we had after, um, everything was done. I mean, I literally slept for, I think, you know, three days straight, like 13, 14 hours. I mean, I was done. Um, and so, uh, but as far as that adrenaline goes, yeah, that first hour, I mean, it is excruciating how intense that is. And you really get why people train for those moments, right? You know, you hear all these people, you know, be able to train themselves. So they're essentially on autopilot, you know, when moments like that happen, when moments of crisis happen. And I would really attest to that because unless you're really trained, which again, we're all civilians, we, you know, we're, we're not professional thieves, you know? Um, so. Uh, you know, we're really kind of just 
doing our best to keep a level head, but your body is freaking out. It knows it's being hunted. And that feeling, that you know, fight or flight feeling is really incredible. Um, and so that really for us stayed with us for probably three days at kind of a full tilt. And, you know, you're just pacing, you're looking out the, the window every day, um, every moment, you know, you, you're constantly rotating. And it wasn't about till the third day that we were able to at least kind of get our bearings of like, okay, we are in a full tilt mode. We are in full flight air flight still. We are still really, you know, dealing with all this anxiety and, um, you know, confusion and stress. But that's on that third day, that's when it was, let's start building practices in that we can take in order to mitigate this because this might never go away. And I don't think it really did. Um, but it started being, um, different practices that we would do to keep ourselves, um, you know, leveled out a little bit better. So one of the things that we did every day uh, was as long as we were hidden, um, be able to train. So we would actually do uh, push-ups, sit-ups, leg presses, jump rope um, to just do some physical um, training every day. And then um, I would always meditate um, uh, for about, uh, you know, 30 minutes to an hour every day. Um, And I would usually do that kind of twice a day um because again you're just everything in you is wanting to run and that's what's really fascinating and you see sometimes this in david and emily um uh you see this in a mod and era um is that you know you're going to be out of place and you know everyone else is just you know chilling out to some degree you know they're trying to think through how to help you and whatever and you just all you want to do is run you know, you don't want to be there. You don't want to stay with somebody. You want to just run, you know? So there's not this, like, there's never the sense of like, Hey, I'm just going to hang out here. And, you know, we're going to just have to have a cup of tea. No, it's like, <laughs> Hey, like, you know, it was much better if I could just be constantly moving. But again, um, that's one of the things that is really fascinating about this whole experience is one of the moments in which you are the weakest is when you're in transit. Um, because of all the variables that are happening around you, you know, license plates or, um, you know, did they get someone's cell phone ahead of you? You know, they can, um, you know, to some degree, you see the capture of David and Emily happening in transit, right? Um, you saw uh, two trans uh, and Centra uh, capture in transit, uh, Will and Miles in transit. Um, you know, it's basically this moment where you're jumping from one place to another, a modern era, you know, in transit where you're jumping from one place to another. And now they have two opportunities to figure out where you are. Um, you know, they might have the place that you're going, or they might have, you know, have just found the place that you were at. Um, but it puts you at a very weak disposition because you don't know what, what you're arriving to. So you want to be keep moving, but it's also a real, real big danger potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable some of the technology they have. I know they have the cameras on the highways tracking every single license plate that goes by. I loved how smart these hunters were with some of the things they did both in your social media where they were basically connecting 
people from years ago that you might not had any contact with and linking them up and seeing different partnerships there. I mean, it's fascinating to watch that. But you kind of mentioned that first hour, the first three days, and then obviously the entirety of the show was 28 days. Did you ever feel extremely confident? Was it like, hey, we got to day four. I think we can make it the entire 28 days. Or for the entire (laughs) 28 days, are you just like, I don't know if this is happening or not? Um, I will say like, I was always the skeptic, um, on our team. So we, we had moments where I, and I'd say like, um, actually on the show, it was day 20 and I knew that I had, I had the resources to get us to the end. And so, um, that was actually when we were planning the, the whole plane, um, uh, move, uh, trying to create a big, big, big haymaker to them to really get them off their game. Um, and one of the things I was, uh, you know, looking through at that moment in time was, can we pull this off? And I realized that I had enough deep contacts to, to get us to day 28. And that was a constant stress on me because I had not been sure whether I was going to be able to provide all the resources that we needed to get to day 28. And, um, you know, around, I think day 20, I was like, okay, I can get us to the end. I got this. And I knew that, you know, things could go wrong, but I knew that at that moment in time, I had enough places that I could snipe as far as contacts, communities, um, that were in various parts of my path, um, that would allow us to ultimately get to a position to win the game. Now, whether we won the game or not, that was that was never decided. That was never a, a thing that I had would have ever said in my imagination. Oh yeah, yeah we won um, <laughs> until those wheels were up. <laughs> yeah, so, I loved that moment when those wheels go up. You guys have the two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash with you. You guys are making it rain on the airplane. I mean that that moment. Uh, we'll definitely hit on what it was like at that moment, but it was just fun to watch that. Oh yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was fantastic <laughs> and, and you mentioned for a second um about flying lee's wife beth in um so during this show you guys are taunting with the hunters the entire time you guys had your nickname the wolves which i want to hear the the idea behind the nickname the wolves and then just some of the things you guys were doing to really taunt with these hunters because i think everyone else went in to just play this game and you guys had a different approach. You were going to play this game. You were going to have fun. And you were going to give these guys such big headaches. And, and you could see it every single time the Wolves got them. They were just so pissed off. So I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, we became the Wolves day one when we had decided to leave a bottle of whiskey for uh, our hunters. And uh, one of the big things that we had done in that moment was uh, – so uh, this is uh, actually kind of let me let me go back to, to answering this question, but the, and get the frame out. So the way we became the wolves was we left a bottle of whiskey for the hunters as a ultimate, you know, game on, and a middle finger to the hunters, and um, we signed it the wolves. And so from that moment on, uh, we were the wolves and we wanted to make sure that we had them at their, their top game. Like we wanted to go up against the hunters. We wanted no question that the hunters 
had, you know, uh, slacked off on us or hadn't been on our tail. Like we wanted their full wrath. If we were going to do this thing, like we were either going to win it or we were going to go out like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid (laughs) in a blaze of glory, (laughs) you know? And so we just really wanted a full game. And then on top of that, what you actually see kind of in the apartment a little bit, but uh, it doesn't connect is we had actually had somebody in the middle of them showing up to uh, our apartment and us leaving a friend of mine, Josh Whitson, who comes up later in the show actually had cleared out my entire apartment of all, like all pertinent details and left only two things, art and book. <laughs> and so they show up to technology that we have quantified a bottle of whiskey and two shot glasses. And, and, and you know, some notes, a bunch of art and a bunch of books. And uh, they were obviously like, irate oh, yeah. Um, yeah you know and it was uh there was a straight moment uh later in savannah where lee was like man i was just trying to say you know hey you know good game like here we go and i was like i knew exactly what finger i was throwing a man <laughs> um so we, you know we start this game uh just full tilt because again we wanted their best game but we also wanted them to be playing off of emotions we wanted emotions in their life and we wanted them to rethink them coming after us at every twist and turn and this was a really great thing that we really brought to our game was i think a lot of the um a lot of the antics um because of his escape rooms he was really able to brainstorm in a way that was very creative of hey like how could we how could we make them second guess certain things? And it really brought us a new level of play because suddenly when you're, when you're bringing your community into the game and asking them to, you know, uh, provide for you to play this game, you know, to push back and all these things. Well, suddenly you're also, um, you know, with this kind of new mindset, also empowering them to play like you would. And that was really, I think, our winning one of our winning strokes was this ability to kind of say, like, hey, put them off their game. So when they the hunters came up against our community, I mean, our community is lying to them. You know, they are they are screwing with them. They are uh, trolling them. You know, so every time that they're coming up against our our crew specifically, you know, like we had multiple people that just bold place lied to them. And that ability to keep the hunters always second guessing information that they're getting, being given, um, as well as, uh, you know, what is about to happen in the interaction I'm about to, you know, have with Hilmar and Lee's community, um, provides just another level of confusion to them that maybe sends them down a, a different trail, maybe sends them, you know, to investigate something that, you know, isn't really a lead might, you know, just make them back off just long enough for us to get through. And, you know, you just need a couple minutes. Um, and that was something that we had really deduced early on was this is a time game, actually. Like, this isn't a game that you're really just running. Like, this isn't about how, how fast you can run. It's about how how long you can run. So all we needed to do was keep distractions at a all-time high in order to just whittle away those minutes and that's where you know our crew was just so good at it i mean they were just so so good 
Yeah, you know, your, your community was incredible. That's for sure. So I, I want to hear both the idea to fly in Lee's wife, Beth, and then I don't, being the partner of the one who wants to fly. I mean, I need to get your mindset as well, because <laughs> I, I feel like I'd have a tough time if, if my partner's like, hey, I need to fly my wife in. I was like, I love my wife too, but she can wait another two weeks. I, I don't know how this one, you guys let this one happen. Uh, you know, I, no, I completely agree. So, um, yeah, that one was, that was, okay. So, so <laughs> this, yeah, this is one of my favorites. So, the the flight of Beth um, being you know this this one hell of a showstopper for us. Well, uh, yeah, let's just provide a little context. So you guys are on the run, being hunted by the best hunters in the world, and you decide to fly in your partner Lee's wife. Uh, <laughs> granted, you guys are having enough time navigating the different states you're in. Now you're going to fly someone in. So that's I guess the context there. Sure. So yes. When you put it like that, it sounds just as insane as when we actually did it. Um, it is. It was our. It was our knockout punch. I mean, it was the one thing that we wanted to do from the get go um, to make sure the hunters knew who controlled the game, and that's why we did it. In a lot of ways, um, it was strategic. It was a a play that, as we get into it, will be one of the things that really helped us make sure we had enough space for the remaining three days um, as far as information goes um, um, and kind of the community research goes as far as the hunters um, were concerned. But it was the moment where we wanted to make a statement of we control this game, not you. And um, that came about early on in the game where we were looking at resources. And one of the key things that you have to do in this game is really look through your community and ask the question, what are my resources in my community? We really found that you had kind of two things you, um, that you really needed to do well in Hunted. Uh, you needed to essentially keep your... Um, community really tight and motivated. And then you needed to leverage them for two other things, which is essentially information, which is the power of the game. And you needed to leverage them for resources. Um, and so if your community is motivated to hide you and is uh, willing to leverage themselves to gain resources and to allow you to get information um, you will continue to have the power within the game because you'll understand, you know, where the hunters are. You'll have good intelligence happening. You'll be able to also create disinformation. Plus, you'll be able to utilize what they have to really, you know, rock and roll. Well, one of the things that I was looking through was, you know, what are my modes of transportation? And my dad is a pilot um, of yesteryear and was, uh, so I was very, used to aviation laws and, you know, small little airplanes and what you could do with them and what you couldn't. And one of the things I had thought about previous to the start of the show was just like, man, I have a few pilot friends and it would be really helpful if we are in a pinch, if we need them to, you know, drop us down some resources, you know, or make a move for us. And so about this time, we were like day, you know, 15, day, you know, 14, um, we are getting really, really tired. We are midway through. And this is also something that a lot of people 
you know, aren't, you know, aware of is at that midpoint, you you saw a couple teams go down really quick. I mean, it was, you know, uh, day 15, day 16, day 14, partially because you're exhausted, you know, like you're starting to, you, you, you've called a lot of people already. You've also utilized a lot of your resources already. Um, you've made mistakes already. And Lee and I made mistakes, you know, as we went and you're still, you're, you're still trying to understand the game, but you're just now becoming a little bit more proficient, but you're just dog tired. And one of the things that we did with this setup, as we started talking about it, about day 14 was if we flew in best, this allows for us to essentially have an early, um, finish line. And so something that Beth had said before we went on the run is lap three is always the hardest. Everyone can run a great lap one and lap two. They can run a lap four because they know the game, like the, the race is about to be done. But lap three is always where everyone loses it because it's the, it's just hard. It's mentally tough. It's the one that you're going to just have to dig down and do it. So what we did essentially was we created an, a proverbial, um, you know, end of the finish with our lap three <laughs> and you know like you know we have this huge moment where you know lee is uh it's his birthday it is father's day and his his uh his unbeknownst to us at the time um his brother had just had his first kid and so you know we were just emotionally just exhausted and on top of that we through intel we knew that the hunters were really kind of, they were far behind and they're having some difficulty getting past, um, my community at impact 360. Um, but we also were having trouble kind of pinpointing where they were. And we knew that if we were having trouble pinpointing where they were through our intelligence kind of network, uh, we also knew that they might be reverting back to, uh, new theses. You know, they would, they would come up with new hypothesis of, you know, how we did it. And that could, that could just send us, you know, uh, that could send us home in a heartbeat because say, you know, they've been on this one trail for, you know, two weeks and then suddenly they say to themselves, well, Hey, you know, this isn't really paying out. Let's just start back from scratch and let's go after them, you know, again. And you see that with Teresa Payton, right? She changes her hypothesis and then they get found. So we were really worried about that. Um, so all these factors are kind of context that are playing into this decision. Um, and so when we started putting that into play, um, I knew that I had a, a buddy of mine, Pilot Tim, um, who is way more famous than Lee and I together. I mean, he is recognized <laughs> by people all over the country, and it's awesome. I mean, he will fly over to you know so-and-so's airport, and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're the bonanza on hunted. And uh, oh, that is great. I mean, it's he's he has signed he's signed photographs. I have never signed a photograph. I don't I, you know like and he's like signed multiple photographs. Like it's incredible. Um and so with that though, um we uh so I knew I had pilot Tim who is the greatest of all pilots. Um and I just knew that okay, we have to we have to create this moment where we have this proverbial end of the race um, before, you know, we have really our final lap. And so 
through all that, we really started just um, utilizing this as almost like this, um, you know, this, this final lap mentality where we just, we just kicked it into high gear again. You're, we went from, we are exhausted, we're emotionally beat down and we are, you know, like, when is this game going to end? Um, to like, okay, let's do this. And suddenly overnight we are at the top of our game again and we are playing at this level once more to be able to say, okay, how do we do this? How do we pull this off? How do we do this without like as much mitigated risk as possible? So like there was just multiple processes to do it. One, you know, we knew that they wouldn't necessarily have to put in like a manifest um, which is a trackable thing. Like Beth could just get onto the plane. Um, and she like left her phone. Um, uh, pilot Tim, uh, was off, should have been off the radar because of, you know, he was a, he's a distant friend of mine. So, um, we felt like the connection was safe, but she would just have to kind of like go. And we also needed to make sure that she wasn't being followed by any hunters. So that was another thing that we made sure that, um, you know, she wasn't being followed. And then one of the things that we did was we had pilot Tim put in a flight plan that put him down in Orlando. And so in these little airplanes, you think, I think about them almost like a a car. You basically say, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, down here, you let everyone know, and you put in a flight plan and that's track. But what a lot of people don't know is, you know, you can actually stop down in the middle of your flight and use restroom or go to a little restaurant or, you know, if you want to visit a little city for a second, you can just stop down, change your flight plan, and then, you know, keep going to your destination. That happens all the time. So what we did was we utilized that to put the hunters exactly where we wanted them, which was LaGrange, Georgia, um, in the sense of we wanted them to if they knew of pilot Tim, if they knew of Beth, and if they knew that like all this stuff was happening, they would actually be diverted down into Orlando. And then we would have pilot Tim stop off real quick and, you know, just take a little, um, uh, you know, bathroom break and stop off in LaGrange, Georgia. And this is where you see, Hey, we have a limited amount of time because we knew that if they're tracking this plane, they're probably within about 45 minutes to 30 minutes of this airport. That's also why you see us freak out when we see that land sedan, you know, come yep. cruising in. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I have, you know, it's like, I have thought through everything and then suddenly they're honest. And, you know, you're just expecting these people to do that. So, you know, we, we had, we had no uh, pretension that, you know, they weren't able to do that. So, you know, through all of that, you know, the, the thing that it allowed for us to do, um, was again, like create this, this, um, this artificial finish line that allowed for all of our energies over week three to be dedicated to pulling this off. Um, because otherwise like you get floppy and trust me, we were, we got floppy in week three. I mean, that was one of the, the moments where we had a, a breakdown and we had to, you know, uh, do a little camping. Um, we didn't know where we were. We didn't have a game plan. I mean, those are the moments where you're tired. I mean, modern era, if you see that on them, um, you know, you're tired, you are exhausted. I mean, and hell, those guys are fasting through this whole thing. And so, I mean, it was just incredible to watch them go through this, um, you know, through their, their practices. 
And, um, and that's really what I would say about, you know, the strategy, the game, you know, how to, how to maneuver it. This haymaker of a play was utilized for us to do these, these two really, really critical things, which is one, create this artificial finish line that allowed for us to go at top level to pull this like hell of a daring move off. And two, if we pulled it off, we knew that we were going to create this opening, this new revelation to the hunters where we were in control of this game. And that was, that was worth the play. We don't know how many teams are out there. We don't know who's running. We don't know what's going on. But we want them to know this is our game now. And with that you know, realization on their side, they are suddenly going to start making mistakes and they're going to be playing the game in a way that we want them to, which is emotionally. And they're going to be, you know, even that much more motivated to capture us, to not be embarrassed. Um, and we want that emotion on their side because we're going to keep a cool head. We're going to keep level headed and we're going to keep with our strategy while they are scrambling to put the pieces together to figure out how we you know, how we did this. Little do they know we're actually drawing all their attention to LaGrange on purpose so that we can keep them where we want them. I mean, we, that, the, yeah, no, no. I mean, that, that was just one heck of a haymaker that play. And it's so interesting hearing the insights, the insights and the thoughts that went into that play where for most of that episode, we're just screaming at the TV. I cannot <laughs> believe you guys are doing this. And then, sure. it just, and then when it, you finally pulled off and you guys post the Instagram picture uh, with Lee and his wife, and I mean, it's just unbelievable. I cannot even imagine what was going through the hunter's heads then. So <laughs> applause to you guys. That was just fan fantastic. So oh, I, thank you. I wanna I wanna fast forward now till to day twenty eight. So what you guys have to do is you guys show up to the bank that's holding the two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash, correct? Yeah. And then right when that happens, the hunters are notified about where yeah. you're picking it up, and then you need to get to an airport within what is it a hundred mile radius of that? Uh, yeah. It was well. Yeah. You basically you yeah you you grab the cash and you run to the airport. Oh, sorry. Which, yep. Yep. So you guys yeah. were what? Three miles away. Uh, yeah, I wish it was three miles. It was, uh, it was three and a half <laughs> miles away. And, and yeah. so you guys have $250,000 in cash. It looks hot as hell outside. You guys are in normal clothes and you are now sprinting <laughs> to get to this airplane. I mean, yeah. what's going through your head? Did you guys think you were going to make it or did you guys think you were going to pass out from dehydration and exhaustion? No, that was, uh, I tell you what, that was the longest freaking three and a half miles I have ever run in my entire life. Uh, yeah, I mean, the so so we log into the website, which is corrupted. Um, and so suddenly, you know, we have all these different things that are going on. Um, so you get your extraction, um, uh, sorry, you get your extraction zone from this corrupted website. And we find out, you know, hey, we're going to be in this little small town uh, in the North Georgia area. And then suddenly you're notified, oh, by the way, like they've hacked the computer, which you're like, I knew it. I knew it. This is why we don't <laughs> use computers. Um, and so you can just imagine Aki or, you know, uh, 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 Charles the Barber, you know, um, just gleefully doing this thing. Um, and so then we, so then our location's notified. So we jump into that car. And we just start sprinting. We go back roads and make sure that 
Um, even if they had our license plate, which you see in the show they get, um, it's really hard for them to track back roads still. Um, so, you know, yeah, there's license plate readers on the interstate, never use the interstate. It's a very bad idea. Um, uh, so we use back roads and, uh, we slept in the car for, for the next, um, and then the thing that we were really trying to figure out was, you know, it let us know that, you know, Hey, when you pull that cash, they're going to be notified of where you are. And then, you know, you're like, Holy <laughs> shit, man, I gotta like run up. I got to go around a 5k while all these hunters are, you know, beating to my location. Right. Um, and you can just feel their anger, right. We have pissed <laughs> them off for 28 days, you know, the note and the trolling and our friends and the flight and the, you know, the website, um, Craigslist, all that stuff has like brought their entire wrath on us. I mean, we had, uh, sometimes we were told that, you know, we had multiple teams, stalking our friends i mean it is crazy how much they hated us and so you know we, so all this is coming to the fact that they're like oh by the way you gotta walk into a bank you gotta take their money and then you gotta run for your life you're like jiminy cricket <laughs> um so yeah we we thought through actually a lot of methodologies like approaches to you know um which routes we should take there's basically two routes that we could go um, to the airport. One was the most direct. One was um, uh, a little bit out of the way, but involved coming up um, kind of the back end and maybe jumping a fence and kind of getting in there. Um, we we figured that, you know, the direct approach was best due to the fact that this has now become a foot race. Um, and yeah, we, we got up that morning and it was just kind of, um, you know, this almost this gladiatorial moment where it's like, you know, to those who are about to die, you know, we salute you. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, we, we got up, uh, you know, got some water in us. Um, we had, we had suits on because one, we were like, look, if we we're taking off in a private jet, like, let's, <laughs> and two, it was also like, again, strategic in the sense of like, we're showing up into a bank and we're also showing up to a private jet and we don't know in the middle of this or, you know, what's going on, like if there's anything else that's going to happen. So one of the things that we wanted to do was just be as normal as possible, because again, we, we've, we've ran really well for 28 days and we just don't want to set off any concerns or triggers that might, you know, be someone phoning somebody or, you know, doing anything or whatnot. So we just were like, Hey, like, we're showing up to pull 250k. I think people that you know show up to pull 250k would wear suits. And it's like, yeah, let's do this. And so <laughs> uh, we grab our suits and then um, like we walk in, and it is it was the same same anxiety as that first hour, man. I mean, it was the exact same level of stress. It is you show up and suddenly it's like, hello, Mr. Skagfield and Mr. Wilson. Yes, your safety deposit box is out here. And then you pull this thing. It's like all this money, more than you've ever seen in your life. And you're like, holy shit. So you're <laughs> throwing everything and dividing it up. And then you're like well, running out. And so we just like hightail it, you know. And I was going to be, I was a pace leader for the run. And so we're like just, just flying, um, you know, getting down, going through. Um, and at, you know, about this time, probably about mile and a half in, 
you know, it is, I think it was probably, you know, 98 degrees. Um, we have been sleeping in a car for the past two days and we haven't been eating, um, a ton of great stuff because of, you know, just needing to be hidden. Uh, every time you go through a drive through or whatever, you're going to hit a new, you know, set of cameras. And so, you know, our, we're, we're, we're undernourished and yeah, that's when, that's when the real game started. Um, and that's, you know, where we started working as a team as Lee was, uh, you know, getting dehydrated and we had to work as a team in like basically 30 second sprints of, you know, run, you know, run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. Um, and Lee, you know, just after again, 28 days of being on the run of, you know, being in all these random places, not having much sleep, doing all this. It's just that final moment when both of our bodies are you know giving out. And so, yeah, we, we, when we got there, uh, to the, the airport, we were frantically searching for that plane. I wasn't sure if it already taken off. I wasn't sure if the hunters were there. Um, I really kind of came into that, those last, you know, that last mile and that last um, half mile, like, like preparing the fact that like, Hey, like we might, we might show up and hunters are there. And then suddenly we get on that plane and I, that was the longest taxi I've ever. <laughs> I, that's what, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I can only imagine just waiting for those wheels to take off. I, <laughs> unbelievable it was yeah i mean it is like hey can you guys go faster this is a plane right this is a jet plane can you just can we just, can we just keep going you want me to drive i can drive um and so like you're just like you're just you know like they're getting like radio tower clearance and you're like please for the love of god just go you know and so it was it was incredible i mean you know taking off wheels up um you know this moment of like we have won we have actually done this and we, you just see us rip those bags and make it rain because we are just holding our breath in the fact of we do not underestimate those hunters one bit for the entire 28 days. And until those wheels are up, we have not won. And so you see those wheels go up and we just go crazy having escaped one of the most crazy experiences of our entire lives. Oh yeah, it was great seeing the pure jubilation uh, between you two during that when you guys were making it rain on the plane. Uh, some great photos <laughs> out of that. So I mean, all this money now. What do you what are you spending the winnings on? Sure. Well, uh, I went tarpon fishing the second that we got done with this whole thing. Um, <laughs> there and you go. I hit out, yeah, I hid out in Florida for uh, for a month. Um, I was just like, everyone was like, "What are you going to do now?" I'm like, "I'm going to get lost for a month." Um, but uh, Lee is going to Disney World here soon with his kids, which is going to be awesome for them. Um, and then I am going over to Iceland, um, where my family's from, uh, for a couple weeks. And um, yeah, right now it's kind of this new opportunity where uh, the, the you know the resources and the finances um, to look at kind of some projects that I've been wanting to wanting to get up and running. And so just kind of, you know, looking around for the right opportunities and projects to, um, uh, be part of. So pretty pumped. Yeah. I mean, prior to this fashion design, uh, Billy Reed, and I know you've got some film stuff going on. You want to tell my guests or my listeners more about that? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that was really helpful for 
us on the run was the fact that I was uh, in the fashion industry but prior to going on to the show and designed for Billy Reed and was um, basically kind of their stylist and accessories designer. And through that, you know, I've really been bouncing around in the South for, I mean, years upon years. And it allowed for us just to have a lot of really fun networks all throughout um, the South that we could count on um, just from these experiences. Um, and so that was kind of a real, uh, real fun opportunity to see how that got drawn in. I'm actually wearing Billy Reed half the time. Um, and one of the reasons why I chose to wear some of the more like, like the, the Fox print shirt, or like you'll see me in like this, like Rose, uh, Rose print shirt from Billy Reed is one of the things that we want to make sure with our community was, is this is fun. Like this is enjoyable. This is entertaining. And we're here to really have a good time. We're not going to run scared. We're going to play our game. And just by like wearing, you know, some of these people to kind of get a visual cue of like, oh, these guys aren't like hiding and like wearing like, you know, military clothing. And this is like an like, scary experience. They're like, no, these guys are like legit, like trolling people <laughs> and having a good time at it. Um, and yeah, they're doing it in a way that like certain military people would actually do it. We're just doing it, you know, kind of in our, uh, you know, with our, with our swagger as uh, many have, have pointed out. Um, and so, uh, that, that was kind of our, you know, this, this ode to Billy Reed, which I, I absolutely loved. And then one of the other things that I just finished, um, back in September and then we'll be launching now as a short film is I created my first Insta film uh, called Fawns and it's up on my Instagram and essentially it's the story about two um, uh, lovers uh, and their first year of marriage and it follows this young writer um, uh, Alphonse who I play and uh, his struggles with becoming a writer with marriage desire what is it that he really uh longs to see happen and his wife simone um who is kind of watching uh you know this this desire unplay within their their marriage uh, much to its detriment and um it's basically broken up into I'm trying to remember 50 episodes and every episode is basically like 15 seconds and one of the things i was really curious about with this Insta film was now in this really fragmented culture of viewing and, you know, algorithms and um, the lack of uh, timeline that we have now due to technology, how do you really create a very interesting film or short film that can be kind of viewed, you know, in this new format? So every little clip is essentially like 15 seconds to a minute and tells portion of a little story arc um and so yeah would love for everyone to check it out and then that will be available as a short film um here in june yeah no love what you're working on uh we will definitely make sure all of your instas um social media everything will be linked up in the show notes as well so all listeners can stay up to date on all things you're working on but hilmar man thanks so much this was an absolute blast hearing uh some of the behind the scenes stuff uh from hunted so thank you my pleasure, man. My pleasure. This was fantastic. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Cheers. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney?
Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.